Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, it's that time again. Fast Action Friday with me, Fitzy, and joining me as always is Rob. How are you doing, mate? I am, I'm very good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. The uh, weather is mixed, but I'm, I'm happy. We're all good. Yeah, just be trying to keep up with all the, the US election stuff as well, like what's going to happen there. It's been going on for days now, so keeping my finger on the pulse there too. Well, anyway, um, congratulations to the players who have made it into the next round of the FFCC. Uh, they were announced this week. That's moved to the round of 16 now, so the stakes are getting even higher now. Uh, just like in the knockout tournaments, leagues are entering a crucial part of the season for many of the fantasy players too. And as usual, we can hopefully give you some useful tidbits in this podcast, which can help sway opinions about certain teams and players in your week nine lineups. Mm. And as usual, a good way to start is the injury report. Um, Thursday night football, hopefully, if it goes ahead, it looks like it will do, uh, sees the Packers face off against the Niners. And both sides have plenty of players out of that matchup for various reasons, like injuries and COVID on both sides. But seeing as though by the time this goes up, the game will have already been played. So how about we roll past them and look at the players who are out for this weekend? Yeah. So first up, we've got Andy Dalton. Uh, he not only had his 
concussion at the start of the week. He's also been diagnosed with COVID as well. So Ben Danucci had been the backup last week through all sorts of different uh, things coming out. It looks like a different direction that they could go this week with Cooper Rush. He's been brought off the practice squad and potentially going to be taking the start. But it's not been officially said there's still him or I think it's Garrett Gilbert as well who might be a backup there I can't be quite sure but like I said last week in the Friday fade this isn't going to get any easier for the Cowboys and whoever is behind that line I wish them the best of luck because they are going to need it against the Steelers I can't wait I really hope it's not a banana skin for us but yeah I can't wait (laughs) no I doubt it Uh, another one to mention as well is Matthew Stafford also got put on the COVID list this week as well and that'll be Chase Daniel there as well so without Stafford and Golladay, because it looks like he's not going to be back from his injury. It's going to be a tough time for the Lions as well. Um, maybe this is time for Marvin Jones and Marvin Hall to see some action, as well as Danny Amendola. All right, next up was Gardner Minshew. Uh, it's down as a thumb injury. Now, whether it is his injury or whether it's just a scapegoat during his bye week, but Jaguars came through and announced that the backup would take his place for week nine. At the moment, it figures to be Jake Luton again uh, getting the nod. Mm, and I hope you'll wish me, I hope you'll join me in wishing Minshew a swift recovery from that scapegoat injury. And hopefully Doug Marone realizes there is more to the issue than just his quarterback. It's going to be a very tough game for Luton against the Texans, who have, and I'm sure you'll agree, looked like a totally different side since BOB left. Yeah, they, uh, they seem to have got a little bit of juice since, uh, since he's gone. So. Oh, yeah, yeah I, d- I don't get it. I, I I think the Jags, yeah, like you said, they've got a lot a lot missing, and it's not just Minshew. I think Minshew's got quite a bit of good game to him. Mm-hmm. He just needs a team around him, I think. Anyway, Miles Gaskin, his uh, report came out on Wednesday, suffered a sprained MCL due, and he's due to be out about three weeks-ish. Uh, Matt Breida was due to be the backup, but is now um, dealing with a hamstring injury as well. Dolphins have brought in... Andre, uh, DeAndre Washington for depth, but he's still going through the COVID protocol from swapping teams. Uh, that leaves Jordan Howard, Lynn Bowden, and a questionable Patrick Laird as the only running backs available. And yeah, Patrick Laird actually left the game last week with this injury. But if he's fit to play, I'm actually thinking that it's going to be him that gets a nod because Bowden and Howard were both healthy scratches last week. So if... Laird gets through the practice. I wouldn't be surprised if it's him starting over the other two. He seems to be preferred. Howard just seems to be left out in the cold with Gaskin and Breeder, but even more so last week. Yeah, it's crazy. He he was quite a good player for the uh, Bears, and when they brought him in, I'm not entirely sure what they were thinking, but they've just decided that that's it. They kind of, like you say, a healthy scratch mm. just left left out in the cold anyway. Yeah. Right, next up, we've got uh, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor's performance and usage against the Lions left a lot of heads being scratched. Thankfully, both head coach Frank Wright and Philip Rivers acknowledged that Taylor had an ankle injury. It was a little nicked up, as Rivers put it. <laughs> Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins did a solid job as their roles against Detroit, both getting touchdowns. Yeah, and I think this helps fantasy owners get a bit more clarity in terms of what they want to do with Taylor long term especially in dynasty leagues. But in the short term, I think this injury is going to benefit both of those other backs. I mean, uh, Hines was getting a lot of the pass catch in action. Wilkins was getting the running game in the early downs. Uh, One thing is for sure, though, this week's match against the Ravens is going to be a tough one. So it might just be best to avoid all three running backs for your week nine matchups. All right, then. Uh, So that's uh, injury roundup done. We'll go on to our weekly week points. 
So it's the uh, the points against a certain position and whether you've got players that might fit into that role to be able to get some more points for your teams. So we start with the quarterbacks, as always. Top of the list, again, the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons did a very good job against Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater resorted to using Curtis Samuel for his touchdowns this week. DJ Moore struggled, as many fantasy owners will have found out. Nevertheless, they are still top of the list and they face the Broncos this week. If they had been facing the Broncos from the first half of last week's game, then you could expect it to be a little easier. But then Drew Locke seemed to put everything into place and the second portion of the game against the Chargers, the Broncos pulled back a whole lot of points to win that game. He looked to find his feet after returning from his injury. He's still missing a huge outlet in Cortland Sutton. But I think that makes it harder for the Falcons because it guarantees that Locke spreads the ball out a little more. Mm. He targeted his running backs and tight ends 10 times each last week against the Chargers and still found 18 targets for his wide receivers as well. Falcons have already conceded four passing touchdowns to running backs this year, and we will find out shortly. They're not that great at tight end either. So we could be in for a bit of a surprise in this game. It could be a lot closer for Denver than people think. Yeah, especially when people watched the first half of that game last week and wrote the Broncos off. I think there could be an upset on the cards here. Um, speaking of upsets, the five and one Packers were decimated by Dalvin Cook and the one and five Vikings. So now Packers are five and two, Vikings are two and five, and the Packers got sent packing. It also means that Green Bay are still the worst of the bunch when it comes to fantasy points conceded to running backs. Now they've conceded their most rushing touchdowns to running backs of any team and they tie for the most receiving touchdown to the position as well. And what makes this so damning for the Packers is they're not facing an extraordinary amount of carries. It's just that they're having such difficulty in stopping those carries whenever they face them. Uh, I looked at the stats as part of my articles. Only 25 of 179 runs that the Packers faced have been stopped for zero or negative yards, and that is joint worst in the NFL with the LA Rams. By the time this goes out, the Packers will have faced the Niners, who have had plenty of issues themselves this season in the backfield. There's questions about who's going to take the role. However, Jermichael Hasey could be the main threat. His running average wasn't great against the Seahawks, and that brought his overall average down. But he was getting the good goal line usage, and in previous games, when he's not had as many carries, he's taken it for quite a way. So depending on how this game goes... I reckon we could be talking about the Packers again next week. Yeah, the Seahawks did a decent job of bottling up the Niners running backs to just over 50 yards between them, didn't they? So mm. One area that they did concern, uh, sorry, con- concede points was to Brandon Ayuk, which uh, I did say last week. We'll mm-hmm. come back to that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which didn't help their record of conceding fancy points to wide receivers. The good news is that the Falcons are now within 200 yards of Seattle and they have managed to slow down the rate conceding touchdowns in this area. Uh, They have conceded 11 scores to wide receivers, but there are now four teams who have conceded more, and the Vikings sit top of the pile with 15. They travel to Buffalo this week, where they will meet Josh Allen and his new favourite target, Stefan Diggs. Allen has got Smokey Brown back in his lineup, and Cole Beasley is seeing a lot of action. And there's also Gabriel Davis to be aware of as well. Yeah, one thing... That it's important to remember here is that Seattle have already faced a mobile quarterback with plenty of wide options just two weeks ago, and that was Kyler Murray. Uh, and in that game, Murray sent 31 targets to waivers wide receivers, which is a huge amount. It's probably more than a quarterback was sent to all his positions. 
in that game, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald saw their highest target counts of the year. Christian Kirk also got two touchdowns in that game as well. So I'd expect Diggs to be getting the targets, but I'd also expect him to be getting the coverage as well. And I think this could be a good game for people who've got Beasley, Brown and Davis, you know, for those players to see increased volume and get some scores between them. So it could be a nice little flex play to put any of those three in. Um, let's have a look about the tight ends. Let's what about the tight ends. So as you said before, Bitsy, it is the Atlanta Falcons at the top of another list. And this could be another difficult week against the Broncos. So we've talked about the Broncos already. Uh, we talked about how many targets the Titans saw. Drew Locke seems to have a good connection with Noah Fant, as we saw last year. And he got nine targets last week. Uh, it has been something that's been missing from the Broncos offensive game due to injuries, either overlapping or at separate times. Uh, but So it must be quite comforting for Denver fans to see that connection appear once again. But in Fant's absence, another threat for Atlanta, uh, for Atlanta has appeared. And that's Albert Okwik-Boonham, who stored a touchdown last week on his only target. He did see seven targets against the Chiefs the week before, and he completed all of them. So Fant's return may have an effect on his production, but he's very similar to Fant in his physicals and his usage. So if Fant does sit out, you've got Albert O in there as well. That tight end threat could be consistent throughout the game. Yeah, nice. So the I think is it Albert O. He was the um, he used to play with Drew at uh, college, didn't he? They, they yeah. were brought brought together this season, so yeah. they've still got that that connection on this. So. Seems to be working well. Yeah, sweet. Right, let's go to game before the name. Uh, as I've just mentioned uh, last week, I talked about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, first things first, DK didn't get injured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we can all breathe a sigh of relief. In fact, he had a great game, uh, but it was all about Ayuk this week. So uh, eight receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, in half PPR, that's a solid 19 points. Mm. Uh, two weeks in a row where he's got a 30-plus yard reception. He can he can move, that's for sure. Yeah, very nice. And it's a shame that he's he's out now because he was a close contact with Kendrick Bourne. Oh, so, so annoying. <laughs> hopefully he, he reappears in week 10. Um, but yeah, definitely someone to watch out for uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, he was plugged into quite a few of my uh, teams last week and did well for me. So knowing that he's yeah down with being in close contact with uh, COVID positive is, is annoying, but mm. things that have to be done so we can keep playing football this year. Absolutely. All right, new player then. So I'm going to go out on a limb here with this player, although I've written about him before the season. So in my Step Up sophomore series, so it's not too far out, but in terms of with the superstars that we've had so far, this uh, this is definitely out there. Mm. He was undrafted last year and brought into the team for just depth. And I wrote about him having a feeling that the main player drafted this the same season uh, wouldn't be up to much, which has come to fruition. So the numbers are not great either. However, this is more a player to keep an eye on than anything else. The offense stinks, but they have to throw to somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first five games of the season, he was targeted once. However... In the last two games, he was targeted six times in week seven for 60 yards. Then he got targeted uh, 10 times in week eight for 58 yards. Uh, no touchdowns yet, but as I say, it's out of the box. Crazy idea of a player. But I spotted him in the offseason, and now that team needs someone to throw to, and it could be uh, going his way a lot more. Hmm, quite. So, so a late bloomer, a late bloomer this year. Interesting. I'm trying to think of a team that's got a, like I said, a, not a stinky offense at the moment. Um, 
I think you're going to have to enlighten me, Pitsy. Who is it? Uh, Jacoby Myers. Ah, Jacoby Myers. Yep. Yeah. So, so the other player that you're talking is that and Keel Harry. Keel Harry, you're talking about? Yeah. So uh, last season he was obviously drafted in uh, very high in the draft and was supposed to be their next best thing, and he wasn't. And I wrote about the off season where Myers could come in and start ticking over nicely uh, with. Mm. With uh, the way that the wide receiver things have gone this season, it's actually coming coming true. So uh, I'm happy with that. But we'll we'll see how the next few weeks go with his target share. Yeah, I actually wrote about uh, Harry as well in an under pressure article for wide receivers. So I know exactly what you mean there. Funnily enough, another player that I wrote about in that article was someone that I chose last week, Nelson Aguilar. The weather conditions were very much against. Uh, Aguilar in this game um, there wasn't a lot of passing involved and I believe Murph said <laughs> while that game was going on that the game would put people to sleep uh, and it likely did um, so Aguilar ended up with no completions from two receptions which was very disappointing for my predictions especially considering all the stats that were there to back him up but sometimes the weather does have that effect on games hopefully this week will not be an issue but we'll have to see. So my new player this week has, at the moment, got the highest target share of his team. He could be considered the number two in his position on the team. There were rumours that this player was uh, in the first position was going to get traded, but that didn't come through. He has seen an average of 10 targets in his last three games. He's caught 80% of those targets in his last three games, and he has scored two touchdowns in his last three games. So there were expectations for this player to do well. Didn't start as well as people had hoped, but now he's starting to rise to expectations and hopefully he does a job for me this week. Is he a Texans player? He is a Texans player, yeah. Oh, so I'm, I'm good at the guessing of the team, which you see on the rest of the time. I'm just, I just have no idea who it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> so it could either be Fuller or Cook. Uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. It is Brandon Cooks, yeah. So after Will Fuller was putting out those tweets about waiting to be traded didn't happen um so i yeah i was expecting a bit of more of a boom for targets this week if if anything i think fuller being there will just take a bit of coverage away from cooks which is why i'm a bit expecting that this will do very well for me this week nice yeah no i like that so we'll have a look um let me i had down brandon cooks is going for fifty five hundred dollars or five thousand five hundred dollars on DraftKings. And just having a check for Myers now. Four yeah, he's not going to be that much. Yeah, not a lot. 4,300. Like I say, the, uh, the offense stinks in uh, New England. So, uh, yeah. But like I say, he's, getting, he's starting to get an increase in the targets. So, just something to watch, really. Mm, which is good, especially when you are getting those targets. Yeah. Right, Rob. Friday fade, who have you got? Well, so, sorry, recap first. Recap first. Yeah. Last week, I had Zeke Elliott and... I, th- I think that prediction paid off quite well. He got 19 carries, which is still quite a lot, but those only went for 63 yards and it wasn't his great uh, average that you know we were expecting. We talked about how good the Eagles were at the line and Elliot got stuffed five times at or before the line, which was about a quarter of his runs. So that actually did well. Um, he also got one reception for 10 yards in the fourth quarter, one of the last plays of the game. And that ended up getting him... 8.3 points in PPR. So not a great return. Definitely 
a, a an accurate pick for a fade. Facing the Steelers' defense this week, it would be easy just to pick him again, but I'm going to go with someone a bit different this time. Uh, it's going to be another running back. This time it's going to be Todd Gurley. Now, Atlanta faced Denver this week, who found the going tough against Troy Main Pope, of all people. You know, I think he surprised everybody with his inclusion and how much time he got. He'd only carried once in the previous week. He's been in and out of the practice squad and got promoted to the match day squad very close to the game. And then he went off for 67 yards off just 10 carries. So it was likely that this kind of went against any preparation that the Broncos made for facing the Chargers offense with Kelly and Jackson in there. They did take, get some time, but Pope was by far the most effective. Now, Gurley has been an ever-present this year in this team. Um, so Denver will have been able to study Gurley's film and get to grips with what Atlanta will do with him. Gurley has been very effective in scoring touchdowns. He's scored eight so far this year, but with the exception of Seattle in, I believe, week one, he's come up against teams with poor defensive records against running backs. As a lot of fantasy owners will know, the touchdowns that he's scored has been quite important in keeping his fantasy value, particularly in the last three weeks, because his volume of rushing yards and the yardage been getting has produced a shocking average. You know, the last three games have given an average of 2.5 yards a carry. Not great at all. And those extra points from touchdowns have put up a little bit of a smokescreen for it, for what he's been doing. Although Denver did get destroyed by the Chargers in terms of running last week, they do still rank in the top 10 teams for conceding the fewest fantasy points to running backs. And one of the main reasons is that they don't concede touchdowns. They've only conceded two touchdowns from rush attempts, from running backs and only one from a pass catching running back. Todd Gurley didn't get targeted last week, um, but Brian Hill got three targets last week. And this is where I think the main threat is going to come in now. Brian Hill is starting to get a bigger share of the carries. He got his highest amount last week. He got 11, I believe. And he was by far more efficient with his carries than Gurley was. Um, the reports that came out of training camp preseason said that Hill had one of the best of all the running backs. So it's no wonder he's starting to get a bit more this time. But this usage also plays into Gurley's knee issues as well. So again, a bit of footage that has been appearing over the last few games is that Gurley's gone over to the sidelines after a run and the coaches and trainers have had a chat with him. And then Hill's gone in for a bit of extended time. So not only is Hill looking more threatening with the ball, but it could also be that Gurley's getting his load management uh appearing more towards these later games. This could well be, yeah, keeping him fresh, but it could also be that uh, it links in with how many yards Gurley's getting with his average. It could be that he's losing his speed and he's just becoming a bit more uh, inefficient with his runs. I think Hill's looking great this season. And I think this game, we're going to see just as much of him, if not a little bit more. And that's the reason that I'm thinking that Gurley's going to be a fade this week. Yeah, I've... The last couple of seasons, I've, I've even though he's been a, a top draft pick in Gurley, and they kind of had those games from him where he can score. I've I've always just been very very wary of him, and yeah, I think especially with Denver, the way that they've been playing against running backs, I think it's uh, it's a good fade like this. Mm, yeah, well, if people have got Hill, I think he could be a good little flex play. I I think he might get more points in Gurley this week, but that's something to watch out for. Yeah, and for dynasty wise, you kind of. Something to think about with uh, with Hill, mm. uh, maybe being 
backup for if you've got Gurley on your team, and then for the future for for that running game as well. So yeah, interesting. Don't know who they're going to go for next season because Gurley's only on a one year contract, I think. Yeah, it could be a one and done situation. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, Rush Nation, that wraps up another week of Fast Action Friday. As usual, keep an eye out for the new articles on the website and through social media. Also, keep an eye out for a special announcement from the team, which, as of recording, hasn't been broken yet. Yeah, something very exciting. I know that the team have been very excited on the WhatsApp group about this happening, so I'm looking forward to that being announced. Uh, as usual, you can find us on Twitter, and uh, I am at 5 Yard Rob. What's yours, Pitsy? Pitsy NFL, and then we've got uh, at 5 Yard Rush as well, if you want to get in touch with uh, the main team. Nice one. Join us again next week, and until then, keep rushing. a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.